You're listening to the Blue Box Podcast, and for the next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking about the woman who fell to Earth, because, let's face it, everybody else is. Hello, I'm Simon. Hi, I'm Lee. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Andy. And that's a very full house. And before we talk about The Woman Who Fell to Earth, we have the latest instalment of Logan's Look. And seeing as these are the review episodes now, and for Lee, who has not been around for about the last three months, one of our listeners, Adrian Sturrock, we were talking on email, and it transpired that he and his now eight-year-old son, they started when his son was six, are watching through the entire history of Doctor Who in order. So I said to him, would you mind if you jotted down Logan's thoughts about it and sent them into the podcast so we could make a regular feature of it? So we are getting updates from an eight-year-old about (laughs) classic Doctor Who. And we have reached season 21. Logan says, Warriors of the Deep. I liked how we got to see two monsters again that we haven't seen much of before. The sea devils' heads looked a bit like the head of an eagle. I didn't think it was that bad when the Doctor fell into the water tank at the end of episode one. The murka was good, and I liked how, if you touched it, you were electrocuted. It was funny when Doctor Solo... Is it Solo or Solov? I can't remember how they pronounce it in the programme. I've only watched it once. Okay, let's go Solo. Died by trying to karate kick the murka. I didn't like the fact that everyone died in the story. Score, 7 out of 10. There you go. Right, the awakening now. Matt's eyes have pricked up. It's his favourite story. Is I don't think your eyes prick up, do you? <laughs> well. Let's <laughs> see what your ears do. <laughs> I don't, can I just say, I don't mind the awakening. It's not my favourite story. His ears are I'm to exaggerating the for comic effect. I pretended to like it because when I was writing the essay for, for your book, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to write about the, dem- the demons. Because it was already gone. Because it was already gone. Uh, I was just exaggerating for comic effect. Oh. The Awakening. I liked the Malas. I thought it was good that Tegan wanted to visit her grandfather. I don't have much else to say about the story. Five and a half out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> You need to get him on this podcast. We'd be home in minutes. Frontios. It was good that we got to see a new kind of monster, and I really liked the Tractators. I also liked the patterns on the walls of the underground tunnels. I thought it was clever how the Doctor tricked the Gravis into thinking that Tegan was a robot. And also, that should be your favourite story then, Matt. (laughs) And also... Sorry, was that for comic effect as well? (laughs) Because there should be some sort of sign when you're making jokes. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes don't do it. (laughs) And it was clever how the Doctor tricked the Gravis into thinking that Tegan was a robot and also into pulling the TARDIS back together again. Score, 7 out of 10. Mm. Resurrection of the Daleks. 
It was good to see both the Daleks and Davros back. I liked the time corridor and how the Daleks were able to pop into the warehouse now and then when they wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it when the Dalek creature escaped in the warehouse and I liked Lytton and his troopers because they were savages and went around shooting everybody. It was good at the end how the Daleks fought based on whether they thought their true master was Davros or the Supreme Dalek. However, it wasn't the best how many people were killed in this story. It was bad that Tegan left because I liked her and I thought she was a good companion. Score, 8 out of 10. Mm. Um, That's that what that episode is about. That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Well done, Logan. So, shall we uh, talk, unless anybody's got anything else they want to bring up? Right, we'll go round the table and very briefly, in a nutshell... Oh, actually, two of us have seen it twice. Should we put our hands up for the listeners? That'll work, yeah. Right, Andy's one of them, and Simon's the other. We've watched it live, and we've got the kind of cheating. Mm. I'd say it wasn't so. quite live for me. It wasn't what? I had to pause it just before it started. Yeah, same here. Mm. Could you not have paused it for, like, three hours? No. <laughs> and, then, and then watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, my daughter wanted to watch it. She wanted to watch it with oh, me. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So she could have waited till tomorrow, right? Yeah, I could have. But but it's not very often she turns around and says, can I watch Doctor Who with you, Daddy? Oh, so. Cardinal Sin? The Doctor saying, I would have. What? A character in that assassin. really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Podcast yeah. over. <laughs> right, it is, I have done something for anybody who doesn't know their grammar. Therefore, if you're adding in the word would, the word would goes between I and have. So it is, I would have. It is not, I would of, because you would not say, I of has did that, that. Has that been building up since you said it? Oh, it's been building head. up for years, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Yorkshire, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't no, it's not. What do you mean? Isn't grammar suspended in Yorkshire? <laughs> I'm not sure why you think that. See, these Yorkshire people are true Brits, and it's the Southerners who've come in from abroad. <coughs> Yorkshire go. people talk proper. I, I mean, no denial of being French. My name, Brett, as in Breton. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought Simone. Yeah, okay, that'll do it. Okay, very briefly, <laughs> round the table, in a nutshell, did you enjoy it? Simon? Yes, I really loved it. Please. Yes, I enjoyed it. Right, this is much more of a nutshell than I was expecting. But <laughs> That's what you asked for. <laughs> it's lovely to see the next stage of the evolution of Doctor Who. There we go. That? Yeah, I quite liked it. And a cracking start in good hands. Okay, I probably liked it less than anybody else here then. Ooh. But I don't <coughs> dislike it. I liked it, but yeah. not a. Okay, we'll get into it in more detail, I guess. Okay, then. Right, let's go through everything new there is to talk about <laughs> one by one. So, first of all, let's talk about the title sequence. There wasn't one. Well, there wasn't one, but we got 30 seconds at the end, which looked like a modern-day update of the John Pertwee titles. Absolutely, yeah. I thought so, too. Mm. And do we think, is that going to be the, the theme as well? They have that'll be the theme. An alternative theme <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. That'll be the theme. Right. But the end, so, the end credits might not necessarily reflect what... Because I'm assuming in episode two they'll do proper... 
Yes, they've said that. Title sequence. Mm. That might that might be something different. Really? You think you'd go to yeah. all that expense of doing an end credit sequence for episode one that's not based on the same graphics? Yeah. These things actually. are pretty expensive. They are. Well, yeah, in 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 the great scheme of things, I don't know what a typical episode of Doctor Who costs. I think the end credits would be a smallish proportion of that. Well, would I will pretty much guarantee you that what we saw at the end credits is based upon what we'll see in the... With the TARDIS, without TARDIS. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the graphics. The, yeah, the yeah. patterny bit. Yeah. It gives you, I think it would give you an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're <laughs> setting up a, like a... There'll be a style shoot. There'll, the be, there'll, there'll, which, there'll be a style, and I think yeah. it'll follow a style. Will it slavishly be that at the front? No. No, no. it's, so it's not going to be that at the no. front, but those graphics will be yeah. the graphics. Mm. It's like the... In the... Opening credits, you get the time tunnel with the TARDIS going through it and the titles coming up and whatever. <coughs> but the time tunnel yeah. is also the time tunnel that they'll use at the end with the... Maybe. We've just had a season where obviously what we had was um, lots of cogs and uh, sim- symbols to do with time. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing. For the for the front credit sequence, okay. I, wonder, I wonder if it relates to those graphics that look a bit Thor Ragnarok. You know, there were the multicolored stuff because there seems to be a lot of color in there, didn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean in the posters and stuff? Yes. Oh, who knows what we'll see? But we'll see. Those graphics will be essentially the background to whatever it is for for sure. Right? Love it. Love, yeah. the, love the coloring. It's mm. Great. Mm. And the music as well it was very yeah, interesting. I like the arrangement. Although, Did you wasn't as much well, of a departure as I was expecting. Yeah. Strangely, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting it to be. Did they use? Does it, did they use Delia Derbyshire's stuff? They used elements. That sounds like the it almost like sounds like the original piece integrated with a slightly later piece, maybe the John Purby one, and then thrown in this samba beat. Mm. Uh, but the, uh, definitely the drums are too loud for me. But then again, I'm not like, hearing shots and that sort of thing. Yeah, okay, all the elements that Delia Derbyshire created and used all exist as separate files. And, you know, if you know where to look, you can download them off the internet quite easily. A lot of people have got them. They've obviously used those, the separate elements, and put his own stuff in. It sounded to me to, uh, you know, these are things, we've heard it once, or some of us have heard it twice, we'll get used to it. It sounded too clean. So that the drums sounded separate and distinct yeah. from the bass, which sounded separate and distinct from various other elements. It didn't sound organic. It all sounded, mm. it, it, to it, me... A bit disparate. I, I yeah, yeah, it just it didn't feel very organic. But then again, you know, it might... <clears throat> I think what you're saying is the drums has had kind of a different character to the rest of the piece. Certainly. Should we talk about the incidental music as well then? Yeah. Because I think you had the same issue throughout the rest of the incidental music. Oh, I don't know about that. No, I, I, I disagree with that. Well, yeah. I disagree <laughs> with anything. A lot of people complain about shot. <laughs> but um, generally speaking, I, I think you're going to say what I'm going to say, which I think it worked fine. I, I thought it was stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to listen <clears> to it until towards the end. And then I tried to listen to it a bit because I knew we'd talk about it. But... That's fine. Mm. I mean, the fact that I didn't sort of, I didn't notice it. It, was, it wasn't melodic heavy like 
uh, Murray's music. No. And it wasn't... Was it orchestrated? Was there, a, <clears throat> there was a bit was of orchestration there, but the, the great thing about it was it wasn't telling you how to feel all the time. Right. It was it was quite... Um, no, Chris Chippen was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it was an action <laughs> moment. He's a drama. You get the tension, you get the drama, but it's not But that's like, what incidental music's for. Oh, God, yeah. 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 It is, but there are things like Bear in the Big Blue House, which I was going to comment on, where it tells you exactly how you're feeling all the way through. And so, you know, oh, look, there's a bear. It's, it's when you have the comedy mm. moments, mm. Uh, and especially in the last three or four years, it's been a nightmare because he does something funny and then the music does something funny with him. It's like, well, mm. I know it's funny. You don't need to remind me. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when she was making jokes here, it was noticeably absent. Mm. In fact, were... But I thought this went too far in the other direction. Possibly, yeah. I was yeah. expect, or I was hope, or I would have liked to have heard more where the music was. Going along with the pictures, going along with the dialogue, going along with yeah. the accent, action, punctuating it and commenting on it right. because so that's what it, the polar opposite it, version. it was almost like they'd written the music first and then they'd filmed it and they just said, right, where can we put those pieces? That might be the case. <laughs> I don't. Think no, I'd there were moments that, where all of a sudden you'd get the bass would cut out mm. for a moment where there's a piece of particular drama, <laughs> like on top of the crane, and then the bass comes in back afterwards after the jump. Yeah. But I mean, <clears throat> you don't even necessarily have to do that with the writing. You can just do that in the mixing. You can just say, oh, moment of drama, mm-hmm. and then take the slider down on the bass and then bring it back up afterwards. Okay, so I'm exaggerating again. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, the music was just in blocks of a single theme going for like five minutes with various elements coming in and out depending on quite what was going on on the screen. But the music wasn't in the rhythm of the story. It was just the music was on a rhythm and the story would go to it until you got to the end of that piece. I will say as much as I loved it though, Murray Gold's work was that bit more unique as opposed to other programs, whereas this, you could have taken chunks of this music and stuck it into, <coughs> I hate about, to say, Broadchurch or something like that. But, but it could have been. It could be any other drama series on TV. I was about to say, the reason why we're feeling this, or you're feeling this, then is because it's echoing what other drama TV is already doing. I think it is, yeah, and movies. You, so don't, I mean, you was, don't have that. There was parts that sounded like... Um, uh, oh. No, no, no. Parts of it sounded... Like um, Annihilation, who did that? Jeff, uh, Jeff Barrett. Oh, Annihilation. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry? I thought you meant the director. All right, no. As in composers. But it was quite cinematic. Oh, I loved it. I adored it. It's but right we, had, we also had cinematic with Old Who, but it was much more brass heavy and much more uh, pounding kind of sounds. Of, uh, mm. you know, well, Murray like was influenced a lot by John Williams. Yeah. So you got yeah. basically rejiggered bits of Star Wars music in it, essentially. Mm. And sometimes, I mean, a couple of times he was quite on the nose doing things like the Imperial March and what have you. But sci-fi TV, sci-fi cinema, hand in hand. Is this the modern thing then? Is this what modern sci-fi movies have you heard anything else by the composer? Because I've listened to his other stuff. Yes, yes. And there's... There is a he has a strong theme to his music which he sticks to, so it may it's be rhythm instead of melody. It's quite a lot of rhythm, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe we're looking at a first episode here. It'd be interesting to see how we feel about it in six episodes. Yeah. Another thing I'll say is coincidentally, 
um, and this is, uh, is the fact that I'm actually working on my very first piece of soundtrack work for an audio drama as we speak. So all this stuff is going around in my head at the moment. And one thing I've found is that there are moments in the drama where you think to yourself, do you know what, now I'm going to pull back and let and let the drama do what it wants to do and let the, the voices, which kind of goes in line with, I imagine, how Chris Chibnall's mind might work, where he's character-based and he's far more focused on that drama. And I think that was going on in the episode. But so, I think the problem with it is, is that if you set up a rhythm mm. and you score for like three, four, eight minutes at a time, whatever, on that rhythm then that rhythm is dictating the pace. And for up to, I don't know, six, eight minutes, Mm. whatever, the pace is just that exact tempo, regardless Mm. of what's happening in the story. So you've got action sequences where you bring more elements in Mm. so you can build the music up, Mm. but the pace is exactly the same. And that's the trouble. It, It either means that a sequence starts with a pace that's too fast and ends with a pace that's too slow mm. because the music has stayed the same pace, whereas the drama should have increased in pace or vice mm. versa. Mm. But if you just do it with one tempo, then you are dictating the pace. I think, I think you're right in as much as, you know, say, for instance, there was an action scene where they're, getting, they're gathering all the stuff together to, you know, there's a bomb about to go off. So it's like, and that's all going on. For that particular scene, be right. That has to suddenly stop, and then it has to be a different pace when something else happens. Yeah, but throughout this, there it were t- there were, uh, and this is a sixty minute, sixty five minute episode <coughs> instead of what we'll, we'll be getting fifty minute. And I, and I, th- I think a lot of the issues I had, most of which are pretty minor, really, with this, will disappear in fifty minute episodes. But that was definitely one of them because there were times in this episode where the music was going for minutes and minutes and minutes. I preferred it when there was very pure <coughs> just sounds, orchestra, uh, kind of choir sounds, um, yeah. almost ambient. Ambient, yeah, kind of worked, so, didn't it? it because rich, if you take yeah. the actual rhythm out of it, mm. then despite the fact that this is the same tempo, it's not dictating the pace anymore. Mm-hmm. Because even if it's at the same tempo, if you've not got the drums in there. Well, they are. There lies the difference between Murray and this music, like we were saying. It's not... Di- Murray's music dictates... Well, it, it became a... Di- it, you know, became that where it told you exactly how to think. Whereas before, when you listen to um, Rose, I watched Rose the other day for the first time. How dated does that suddenly feel? But that opening sequence, that ding, 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 You watched it for the first time. First time in the world. First time in the world. Sorry, yeah. I stopped. Do 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 do. Which you hate. I still hate it. That's great. I love it. But you know, if you look at the editing and the cutting, it's only about two minutes long. Cheesy, Simon. Yeah, it's two. It's cheesy at the start of the brand new series. Yes, pinch your ear. But so two two minutes long, and it tells the entire life of Rose in two minutes, which is genius. It just gets all that out of the way. But you're right. The pacing's done, done, done all the way through. And when it stops. It's a different piece of music straight away, straight away. And that's what he did really well was just, you know, he'd go, right, that scene, that scene, that's over there, that's in Africa, that's on the moon. You're going to have different sounds. But you're right, it just carried on. The nearest, it, it, got, the nearest it got to Marigold was the bit where uh, the Doctor constructed the new sonic screwdriver and then that full-blown piece yeah, came yeah, in, you know, nice. quite yeah. rocky and yeah. thematic. I wonder whether that's an ongoing theme, whether we'll hear that again. Well, I hope we get more of that type of stuff anyway, a mm. bit of variety, because that was one thing the music did lack over 65 minutes, was although you did get a couple of bits <clears throat> that were a bit different, 
You didn't get a lot of variety. And in the isola- bit with the in fan. isolation, that would be a really nice soundtrack. The bit with the van, where it had all those weird noises. Yeah, that's weird. And that's like, there's a van driving down the road, and it's a long shot, and it's quite a long, long shot, and it only cuts once through that <coughs> driving down the road, and you've got this weird music with all these weird sounds. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, there's something alien in there, but actually, this is just a picture if of you a van watch driving any, down the road. Any murder mystery programme on ITV, and you'll hear those sort of sounds now. So it is quite a, it's a thing. Mm. It's music, music is sound design. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so it's a sound sculpture as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like you said, well, that just makes it sound like everything else that's on TV. That's my only concern. So, segueing into the next question, the pictures, now that they've got these new cameras and in the new um, aspect ratio, and they're using lots of long lenses by the look of it, and I thought... Ooh, it looks just like everything else on TV as well now. But I thought, I thought that, but it also looks like everything else on TV, but with Doctor Who dropped into it, which makes it <coughs> yeah, distinctive. I agree. Yeah. So it's like the Doctor Who kind of thing has invaded Happy Valley, <coughs> or it's invaded something on ITV. Yeah, and that makes it that makes it distinctive. Well, yeah. Oh. Well, it makes it distinctive as compared to Happy <coughs> Valley, but as compared to the rest of Doctor Who. It has the opposite effect. I know. I mean, I mean, the look, the look of the series, even with from John Pertwee onwards, has always sort of updated to match current trends. And the the key thing is, it's always got the Doctor in it, which yeah. is the it, thing. It, that, strangely, it didn't feel dissimilar to a load of Torchwood. No, no that's exactly had, what I was thinking. I think it had that sort of urban, that sort but of I urban think cityscape look, which Doctor Who never did. Scenes. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's what Torchwood wanted to be. To look mm. like this. If Torchwood was done like this, I think it might have lasted. Have longer. you ever seen Torchwood in HD though? Because Torchwood no, was made in HD. Right. And you don't really know what Torchwood <laughs> looks like until you watch it in HD. Okay. So Does it changed the <clears throat> feeling of the series? Yeah. Oh. It's it's funny that you mentioned uh, Rose earlier on and, and and it's interesting to look at those very early um episodes of uh, New Who and, and what they were shot on, which was actually a standard definition. Yeah, and then to see you know even more recent stuff with Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi, the 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 use of the cameras, the technology behind it. Um, but Rose and the rest of the Russell T Davis stuff did not look like everything else that was on TV. It didn't look remotely like. <coughs> no, I mean else I, I watched I watched Rose recently as well, and um, basically I don't know the exact cameras they were using. The probably variations on the Sony or Panasonic, but but often using what seemed to be. A soft, soft focus filter yeah, so yeah. you see all the highlights blooming out yeah. mm. which to me just looks really awful to be honest it's not a look that I personally like no <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, on tonight's episode they were using uh, anamorphic lenses without getting too technical that's um, that was developed for movie um, uh, screen big screen presentations where basically on the camera one lens squeezes a much wider field of view onto the film and then when it's brought back into the um, the actual cinema itself another lens unsqueezes it and it allowed um, cinemas to, to use this new format called CinemaScope which is a much wider field of view it was really done to kind of compete against this new thing called television which was taking a lot of viewers away um, and this was sixty odd years ago. And this was sixty years ago, yeah. So, uh, but now, but now you'll find a lot. Of, well, actually, on TV, 
most productions will use what's known as um, spherical lenses, um, which basically, I don't know if you were looking on some of those nighttime scenes, you'd see the um, the little dots of lights in the background were kind of squashed oval egg shapes, and that's a characteristic effect of an anamorphic lens. Most productions on TV at the moment, with literally one or two exceptions, won't use those lenses. They're quite common in the Hollywood productions. Yeah. So obviously they there's been a very deliberate move to try and give a big screen, um, uh, high-end cinema look to the, to the production, which I don't mind, um, you know, as, as a look. And so I it's think, a subconscious thing for the viewer, really, in some respects. Yeah, I think, on a, I think you know, on a, on, a, on, a, yeah, on a conscious level, most viewers won't know what's going on, but they might feel that something is different. But they they will they will went, see that look in in uh, when they go to the cinema. The, the you look, went well. You went from Russell T Davis, where everything was soft focus, yeah. to Stephen Moffat, where everything was very high clarity, and now you've gone to something else where they're using high clarity cameras to reproduce soft focus pictures <clears throat> to simplify. But what they're doing is they're using such really nice cameras, but they're using like long lenses and stuff. Mm to defocus huge areas of the picture. <coughs> it's so, almost like the visually they're doing the same thing as you're saying about the soundtrack doing, where you're getting this mm. kind of... Yeah, that's why I said segue. <clears throat> it's, yeah. Yeah, what you might find is that, again, not getting too technical, but the uh, the lenses that they're using are not necessarily long lenses. They're not physically moving the cameras further away and then using a long telephoto lens to kind of crop in on, on the actors' faces. An anamorphic lens, by by the nature of how it works, will throw a background more out of focus. So you noticed it particularly on the scene where um, Yaz um, uh, is called to that dispute between the uh, the two people. Um, oh yeah, yeah, in yeah, the street, yeah. yeah. In the street, and you could see the the houses in the background mm. had a very kind of um, um, this word called bokeh, which just kind of describes the out-of-focus quality mm. of um, a, an image. And you could see it quite strongly on, on that shot. Other shots won't show it in quite the same way. Anamorphic lenses are quite weird that way. Some shots would look very normal. Other shots will feel, um, have that kind of out-of-focus yeah. quality. Kind of dreamlike. Yeah, which, yeah, which I personally don't mind. It's not something that's used in TV a lot. And yeah. obviously, they they've Used made photography a lot. Yeah, they've 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 made a they've made a choice yeah. to well, go down that road for the moment. They might. I'm not sure I like it. But it's one of these things it's that come in with a lot of European telly. I would say, from my limited experience of it, but a lot of these detective dramas that have been shown on places like BBC Four and that, mm. and Broadchurch was the very and things like that. Yeah, and Broadchurch was very consciously trying to reproduce that sort of <clears throat> look and feel. And although Broad, Broadchurch did it in very sunny and it had a very warm and rich picture, whereas this is doing it in a very cold way in this episode. And I hope mm. that doesn't continue. Because even at the end of the episode, when you had the scenes that were in the daylight and in the sunshine, mm. it still felt very cold. It'll be interesting next week in Sheffield, though. So, <laughs> true. I mean, they are going to go to South Africa at some point. So Next week? Yeah. So, so it's, the most... <laughs> it's not set in South Africa. It's so, it looked really cinematic, but actually the story 
and the elements of the story was probably the least cinematic Doctor Who's been in quite a long time. It's that, particularly that, the enemy, just kind of... I tell you, well, somebody mentioned Torchwood just now, the enemy reminded me of Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It wasn't creepy, I didn't find anything creepy. Which I sort of missed. Oh, my, what, my you mean nine year old daughter? Oh, she was say, She didn't like it at all. Yeah, she said, teeth. Oh, that is so gross. <laughs> she was saying like that. Gross. Gross, <laughs> gross yeah. yeah. But I'm, yeah. Teeth but in the face. Or fr- I, fr- I can't remember the word she used. It might have been freaky. Right. Freaky, yeah. She he didn't must, want to look. She looked through her hands, which was brilliant. He must have really enjoyed a hell of a lot of color. But it might, it might just be missing. I'm still sort of mourning Stephen Moffat's kind of. Slightly uncanny creepiness yeah. of coming up with concepts mm. that, and they might come. Yeah, in a later, they might return. I've got some. I've got something about to say about story when we get there. But yeah. yeah, well, we'll do that next. But yeah, okay, we're on the creature. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get the high concept Moffat type creatures now. I think it was, that's it was Predator essentially. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah, it's very, very, very predator. Yeah. But in a very Sarah Jane Adventures way. I wonder whether they came up with the idea of a face full of teeth from comments about Tom I Baker. quite liked, in terms of plot, I quite liked um, <laughs> the resolution to it. Mm. You know, I took the thing. I mean, it was simple, but it was effective. The story was well, dramatically. Yeah. 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 Which, and, and it was quite simply told as well, which is one thing that I found quite refreshing after Stephen Moffat, as the much only, as I liked the yeah. Stephen Moffat jumping get, back and forth. Yeah. The thing I didn't like... Going from A to B to C was quite nice. You had two or three scenes which were just exposition central. Mm. Here's the preacher, <coughs> tell us all about yourself, and mm. five minutes later he's still talking. <laughs> and there was that shot, sorry, going back to the camera, there was that shot that just stayed on his face. The creature's face. Time, yeah. yeah, it was. It was yeah. for a long was, time, wasn't it? Weird, strange editing in this. Mm. The like the death of that that um uh, night watchman. Mm. Mm. I I know I can see why they did it like that, but they sort of set him up as a sympathetic character and then immediately killed him. <laughs> I thought yeah, that, that, that was, was a lot of death. But I thought no. they could have lingered on it a little bit. Yeah, no, it just sort of like, well, no, just lingered on him going out and, and looking. I just thought. Oh, right. I presume he was talking too... to his grandchild. He was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it was his wife or something, it's kind of like okay, we can. You know, that's fine. That's so, fine. Don't worry. The yeah, doesn't matter if he dies. Yeah, it's it's like the grandchild. They could have called Daisy. Called Daisy. So in other words, at, the, at yeah. the end of that scene, Andy, what they should have done was just have, zone on to the FaceTime and hear a little. Granddad, still there? <laughs> I can see him. And then the deleted scenes. Then the teeth man comes and he goes, "Toothpaste oh, here." So killing him, killing him straight away, I can see is a is a way of sort of shocking and a way of just cutting it off. But they didn't have enough time with him to start with, or there was a sort of an unbalance. He said, so "It's your grandfather, yeah. he, Daisy." Yeah, he had just and just enough dialogue to define why killing him would be a really cool I thing, and want. then they killed him. Mm. But just just enough, and I just thought it was a bit. Too I kind of understand. I understand the thinking behind it, which is to say, all oh, these are rounded people, and we're mourning the death. You know, it shouldn't be. These yeah. are people just getting killed here, there, and everywhere. Right. And we forget about them. We're supposed to realise they're real people. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It just didn't. If you cut that, if you cut his death, yeah, and even just kept the body in there, yeah, you wouldn't have lost any story. But isn't, you wouldn't isn't, have lost anything. Isn't that isn't that the point of the whole? episode really that um the people that do die we get some sense of them as 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 
as far as you can f- rounded three dimensional characters even the guy flinging bits of salad mm, I think yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the creature <laughs> you get best scene oh it was brilliant <laughs> it was like Absolutely. eat my salad yeah it <laughs> was, was salad. it's <laughs> Bez I said it, it's Bez versus the monsters <laughs> brilliant <laughs> So oh, I mean, he's dispatched, but more than in a in a in a in a very small vignette, we get a sense of him. But even know? that scene, Andy, didn't you think that was like an, that's an odd comedy scene? It was again strangely ambient in the darkness <clears throat> with the music and all that, and he's yeah. just there standing there and they're lingering on the throne. He threw about six bits of salad <laughs> in. I mean, it was funny. That's that's good comedy. Yeah. <clears throat> Strange choice. Well, Just maybe maybe choice. it was funny because we lingered on it, yeah, and, and yeah. he didn't go straight for the kill. Yeah, um, it's you know, the episode, I think. But maybe it's almost it's almost like they needed some more deaths in the story. You're obsessed with to death. keep <laughs> to keep it to keep the story going. Well, only four just... deaths, I think, yeah. throughout, yeah. including the creature, That's not bad, or maybe me. five, including <laughs> yes. the creature. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see the creature die. No, but no, um, the rope he zaps himself. He oh, the rope had the yeah, but oh no, no, no. The creature at the end, he mm. transported just before he died, but yeah. he transported to die. He was dying. He, was, wasn't he, he had the um, bombs were about to yeah. go off in his neck. Mm. He was dying. So yeah, he was definitely. He was it's, a a <laughs> it's a shame that the the death of the grandmother was sort of telegraphed through all the promotion because you can see all the, in all the promotion for the series she's been <clears> absent and she's been described as a major character and the only way to get these characters away from her yeah. and actually they found another way again I suppose yeah. they didn't need I to kill her because they they, they no, went off with the doctor by accident I think it had impetus to grow and going on the journey though yeah yeah, which is really. <coughs> but it wasn't. I, I didn't find it a shock. I was expecting her to die oh, okay. all the way through because because, because I knew she wasn't the character in the last. So I thought how why why she can, you can't really miss a lot no, of the. No, I the haven't seen haven't and, seen a thing. Okay, it so, has. Okay, shut your ears, Lee and Andy. <laughs> it has been said in the promotional material that she's going to be back. She's a recurring oh, really? character. Okay, yeah, so. So no 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 keep your oh. fingers in your ears. <laughs> that, so, that so, a double bluff. Yeah, I'm so, assuming that she won't be, and that's right. a double bluff. Okay. Yeah, but it has been said. So if right. you'd read that, it should have been a surprise. Okay. 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 <clears throat> Interesting. Back in the Um. All right then. Before we get into talking about the actors and everything else, uh, the plot. This was 65 minutes, and it's going to be 50. Did anybody think it was too, too much? Long. <coughs> too long? It was yeah. too long. It felt too long to me. By about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Strangely. It, it, felt, it felt a slower pace than mm. we've seen before, and I didn't mind that. I think it's going to take some getting used to. Mm. And I'm almost reluctant to pass opinion on this episode. Yes, I exactly. Four, four, four episodes or five. And maybe a year <laughs> between yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to think back and think, oh, that was an amazing first. Because I was the same with the 11th hour. That it took me a year to just think, really? actually, I really like the 11th hour. Well, I, yeah, all my issues are all things. You know, I said at the start, I, I probably liked it the least. And I think all the things that I didn't like about it are probably all things that I'll just get used to because mm-hmm. they're the change things. And obviously, I don't know, in this room, probably I was the biggest fan of Moffat, so obviously I was always going to be the one who struggled most with whatever came next anyway, 
right? So, mm-hmm. so I think they're all just things they'll get used to. I yeah. have to say, I'm pleasantly surprised because I feared is a strong word, but I feared it would be a backward step back towards the Russell T Davis stuff. And I don't oh. mean that in as much as the Russell T Davis stuff is bad, mm-hmm. just that I like to see things progress. It's like it does feel like a progression. It is, so. odd, oddly, I thought it would be much more different. I thought it would mm. be a much bigger change than it has been. Mm. And I think now I'm actually wanting to see more mm. difference. And I think that's, I think watching Jodie Whittaker, I was thinking, actually, she's reassuringly like the Doctor. Mm. But actually, I don't want to be reassured that she's the Doctor. I want her to do something different yeah, with her. Yeah. And I think because of because she's the first female Doctor Who, she's going for reassuring to start with. She's mm. very sort of tenanty in parts. Mm. And I think hopefully that will, that will shift. I mean, she's different from Capaldi. She's saying sorry all the time and... She's yeah, showing genuine like regret for things. That Stop apologising. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just want something. I hope that there's something different. I hope that they actually, other than Curveball. other than yeah. the use of cameras and the ambient soundtrack, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want it, to see something different. I, th- I think again, going back that inverted commas fear word is is that it would be lighter, and yeah. it wasn't. No, I tell you, um, I think it is very much like Russell T Davis, hmm. but. Whereas I think Russell D. Davis' scripts were produced in a cartoony way, I think this is scripts like Russell D. Davis's being produced in a very sort of authentic. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's very, so, ex- it's very external. So there's very little. I didn't ever feel. I mean, obviously they must have shot it in studios in parts. Yeah, yeah. But I never felt that they went into a studio. I think all the Whereas stuff Russell in D. Davis always seemed to take, take place yeah. in small. Yeah. There was only crappy lighting in this. Yeah. I think we're... No, the studio sets, because there were studio sets and all that stuff in the sheds and warehouses mm. and stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was <clears throat> studios, yeah. but it was lit. It was lit to feel like a real space. Yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of the, those early scenes up on the hill with the, with the bike and everything mm. were just, oh, just yeah. beautiful, yeah. weren't they? Everything about it. But I mean, you know, I was watching it and thinking, God, this is so well made and so well acting and all that sort of thing. But the proof is in the eating, isn't yeah. it? Is whether the audience is... But and we'll see that, that next week and the week after. When they start doing the alien planets and the historicals and stuff, mm. we'll see what it's really like. Because yeah. mm. with most of this being set in the city in Sheffield, mm. you don't really get much of an idea of what the series is going to be like. Mm. But it also felt like it was demonstrating, so it was trying to demonstrate something by opening up on the peaks mm. and by having the nighttime shots. It's almost trying to say, we look different. And I think okay, they've told us that now. Now they can sort of move on and actually, yeah, yeah. And actually do something different rather than mm. just looking at <clears throat> um, Okay, we'll talk about the four main actors. But before we talk about the four main actors, one more small thing to get out of the way. <laughs> you will be watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Oh, really instead it. of having a We're trailer. Really, really proud of the actors <clears throat> they've snared. Well, from ITV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know that many of them were all that big names. So some I'm not sure if it was a... Some of them were, for sure. Oh, I felt like, oh, you know this person yeah. from Coronation... Cor- sorry, Cora. And you'd know this person from, I don't know. Yeah, but, but outside of Art Malik and Alan Cumming. Yeah, um, no, I mean, uh, a lot of names I... I that's what I'm saying. I, I, didn't I don't think that <clears throat> sequence at the end was, here are names you'll have heard of, necessarily. Although some... <clears throat> 
People who watch a lot of telly might have recognised a lot of the faces. Not quite sure. No, but what I'm saying is, there's a definite choice at the end there to do something very different from what we've been used to. And uh, it's not necessarily about the names, but it's about, okay, here's an example of the variety you're going to get. And ordinarily, you'd have a bunch of action sequences and a bunch of monsters, Mm. and that's your example of the variety. But instead, they've gone with okay. Here's an example of the character, and this is what they, oh, this is what the promotion has done all the from way the through. Start, it's yeah. focused on the actors, on characters, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. it's not giving away any details about plots, plots, or plots or spoilers. But, well, yeah, that's but clever. to me, but to me, this is yeah. Except it's it's weird. It, it is weird. It seems it strange to have the, it the, the actors' in, names on them in this celebrity climate. It's famous. like yeah, it's all about. As if it's all about personality as opposed to content. Yeah, but, I mean, mm. for me, that that's kind of underlying what perhaps Chris Chibnall is is about. Um, he's very much about ensemble, very much about community, and he's shown that in series like Broadchurch. And mm. whereas before we've sometimes had literally doctor companion relationships that have been pretty much it in terms of the core relationship structure he's now got the potential to be showing the doctor with at least three other companions on a regular basis um and i think maybe that end gallery of 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 faces and names some of which we don't know is just his way of showing this is what doctor for me is going to be about it's going to be about characters And I'm going to show you the kind of ensemble of people yeah. that you're going to see in the next few weeks. But it was it was that close, wasn't it, to being those cheesy 1980s, you know, um, A-Team or oh, yeah. Dad's Army or yeah. The Amazing Mr. Blunden or whatever. It ain't half dot, it, Mum. Hooray! <laughs> it, it just, it just didn't the make... The T-Team. It didn't make any... Co- it didn't make any sense. I mean, you know, you watch something like The Great Escape, and at the end of The Great Escape, they show James Garner and they show mm. Steve McQueen and Dickie Attenborough. Those are, they're all the people that you've seen in the film mm. earlier on. It makes perfect sense to have that kind of gallery of faces and names at the end. We we don't have any context here. All we've seen is a, is a series But the of point is, is if you watch The Great Escape, you watch a film that starts, goes through and ends, and it's one single piece of entertainment. Yeah. But this is a series that's asking you to come back next week and the week after and the week after. And so... A series of faces doesn't really... I'm assuming... Do that. But well, that's not really tagged on for the American yeah. viewers, though, I assume. <clears throat> Why do you think not? Because I mean, would have thought only the most dedicated British TV enthusiasts That's what I'm saying. Actors. I don't think you're supposed to know the actors. No. I think the idea is not that you know the actors, mm. although that you'll know one or two, perhaps. Mm. I think the idea is not that you'll know the actors, but that you get a sense of the variety of yeah. characters you're going to meet. <clears throat> it's about community. You go back to that first trailer that they showed during the... whatever it was, the one where the pizza restaurant or yeah. whatever. And it was, here's a person. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm still laughing about it. Off Hotman. Sorry, yes. <laughs> it ain't off Dockman. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't take it seriously. In the very first trailer, and all the fans were up in arms, what are they doing with Doctor Who trailers? Where are the monsters? Where are the planets? It was, here's a person. You will be spending time with this person. Mm. Get interested in who this person is. Yeah. Here's another person. You'll be spending time with this person too. Here's a third person. And it was... In, like Andy was saying, it was about 
here are some characters that you're going to be spending time with. Mm. And that's what the thing at the end was as well. These are the characters. And, and the story ended on a cliffhanger, which is yeah, quite yeah. unusual. I think we're, go- I think we're going to see... We're going, to see, was, we're going to it, see more cliffhangers. And it's the, first, it's the first story yeah. since the demons not to feature the TARDIS at all. At all, I think. Is it? Oh, it could be. Yeah. yeah not even people will know. any sign of the no. TARDIS. We should know. We're the last people with that. There were McCoys that didn't. I know there were McCoys where they didn't go inside the TARDIS. People did you always actually... saw the TARDIS, so he always arrived in the TARDIS. I don't know. There was the, the, what about What's the What's the one where they, they end up in the, the, they, get, they come out of the TARDIS and don't, the you, don't you don't see the inside. You don't see the TARDIS in Sylvan Nemesis. You see it a lot in well, Sylvan Nemesis. I bet you've seen the TARDIS. What's the one where they around? The TARDIS gets hit by an arrow. Oh, they they okay. take the TARDIS to get from one place to another place. Okay. They use the TARDIS to go back in time to... Oh, yeah, they do. Study. Yeah, yeah. So, right. sorry. All right, bad uh, choice. That's Silver Nemesis. <laughs> they use the Tardis possibly more than any story. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was the same episode where they end up in the river. And but then the point with the McCoys is, even if you don't, if you, even if you didn't have seen the Tardis, mm. didn't have seen the Tardis, <laughs> yeah, and you ever go, <laughs> you know that they've arrived in the Tardis and will be leaving again at the end. Mm. Whereas the Demons is the one, the yeah. last time he, he categorically drives to the adventure, yeah, and time travels to it. Yeah, but it, well, worked. See it the, worked here. Yeah. I mean, it worked. I tell you, the yeah, cliffhanger right. where they get picked up by the machine—that was so obviously coming. Mm. The real cliffhanger is the fact that it's dropped them in the middle of yeah, space, yeah. right? Yeah, because we knew they were going. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So unlike, unlike the but, normal but story. But we expected them to materialise in the yeah. new On the planet. Actually, I didn't know they were going. What I thought was the Doctor would go, and then for some reason she'd have to come back again. That's, right. That was something I'm... But yeah, oh, really? It, yeah, yeah. That's why I laughed out loud when they all disappeared. It's like, oh... <laughs> course <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. leave you in here <laughs> <laughs> so it caught me out a bit but just nice to have those, a those, those those things with the people and their names did anybody like those or are we all saying that was a <coughs> waste I, of time I, I didn't i didn't mind it i think i know what chris chibnall is trying to do whether it works as a as, as a thing to sort of draw you in and, and make yeah. you I just thought, want I thought to watch more yeah, I thought, not. I thought quite reassuring because not because of the names I was ignoring <laughs> the names but just the fact there were historical historical figures okay. and there were there were obviously people in a period of history that I'm not I wasn't expecting but wasn't it, so wasn't it new better instead of having Alan Cumming looking at you yeah. and go <laughs> it's Alan Cumming with a moustache yeah. you go it's James the whatever James it's going to be so now it's a spoilers yes yeah. It's a spot because he's in a bloody hat and beard. <laughs> <laughs> it can work it out. It would have been weird just to be the shots, the shots of the actors with no, with nothing. It's just a suit. I mean, just, just, just their first yeah. name. Oh, yeah. the way it was edited, because it was like each shot was on the screen for quite like... Quite a long uh, time. Yeah, but it yeah. was three seconds Enough time to read their names. Yeah, so <laughs> you're only talking like... <clears throat> 75 frames or something like that. That was longer than an advert. Mm. I made it, but it was, it was for people who sit there going, oh, it's him. Oh, it's her. Oh, it's him. But, but I'm convinced it was that because of the, how yeah. the, the lettering oh, blazing on the screen. The most important thing was their name on the screen. <laughs> I don't know. Then you wouldn't need the... Well, I, I think, I think, you don't need I think there's an element. Bang, 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 put their names up. 
I think there's I mean, a it looked well, cheesy, it was no different, it. but it was no different to introducing John Hurt as That's, the War Doctor. It was yeah, that same, cheesy, except John, that John was really Hurt, cheesy. John yeah, because we office. all knew who John Hurt yeah. was. That was that was saying we've got John Hurt. I know, and that was one. This everybody was the same, whether you'd heard of them or not, whether it was somebody from Cora or not, whether it was Art Mallet or not. I think the vast majority of them were recognisable faces. I think Giles right, but it's it's. Well, I did. I did. That's what Giles said. It's just saying this. This is going to be. This is going to be more than about concepts. Or monsters. This is going to be about people. Yeah, okay. this is, well, this is going to be the, yeah. a new Doctor Who that's just about not just about, but it's going to be character based. And, that, and possibly, thing, uh, all I was going to say. And the thing for me, we were talking about maybe Russell T. Davis's approach to how he did Doctor Who is that, and maybe it's too early to to, to kind of say on the basis of one episode, but with a lot of the characters that he'd set up. Some of them almost felt like they were verging into caricature, um, you know, like Rose's mum, for instance. Whereas here, I think there's a real attempt to to, mm. to have that kind of not quite council estate reality, but but to be grounded in a world that feels very Authentic, real, authenticity. But yeah. but do it in a way that really feels real and not slightly lurching into into mm. ca- the caricature. The performances did that so. Bradley, what's his name? Bradley Walsh. Yeah. Like all comedians, gave a really straight, a straight performance. Man. Yes. Yeah, that was the, very effective. He's the second Wilf, well. isn't he? That's for sure. Oh, yeah, but I mean, Wilf was one of those characters who I loved and, and brought out a lot of emotion. Don't you say him. anything bad about Wilf. You're going through <coughs> those windows and very Caribbean. I know, I know. <laughs> I but, 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 you know, there was that tendency almost to kind of lurch into that you caricature. Knew, you, knew who Wolf, place. you knew who Wilf was from the first scene. You don't know who Bradley Walsh is, <coughs> even at the end of this episode. You've got a feeling that there's room for this character to grow. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I think he did a, I think he did a cracking job. It, was and it, felt, it felt grounded. It Odd, felt oddly, nice. it felt like that, apart from the Doctor, who she actually hit the ground running so quickly yeah. with her personality and the character. There's, I, don't, I think she's just going to carry on. Like that, and it's yeah. very pleasing and likable. We'll talk about and I like, I like the character. <laughs> but I want to go through like, them one by one. It's not like it's almost a reaction against what they did with Capaldi, which is start with a completely blank slate and slowly build the character up. Yeah, this mm. is just likable. Um, let's do the four of them one by okay. one. Let's start with the one we started with on the screen because that was a bit of a surprise. The opening on oh, yeah. YouTube with mm. Toes and Curls character. Literally, as Ryan. that came up, I was thinking, Matt, you need to turn the TV on, mate. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, I, but, I didn't get it. For about <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> what's, what's Matt doing? <laughs> you are a bear with little brain, aren't you? But you do seem to get surprised by the oddest things. The whole episode was just you being surprised by things you already anticipated. And you thinking it had been turned over to a different channel. And he was just tapping his forehead. What's going on? Why are we not watching Doctor Who? That shows how good it was. That moment is going to date. That's oh, yeah. the bit. That's well, yeah. Date. Whenever you show yeah. technology or something like a YouTube page, it will. And he, um, I love the fact he had a couple of damn thumbs, <laughs> and he'd done a really good makeup job to use YouTube, didn't he? As well. Yeah, <laughs> and the sound quality of his mic was amazing. I know. <laughs> was he wearing his Instagram face? Yeah, possibly. He had some got a filter on it. Didn't he? <laughs> um, 
yeah, Instagram face Lee. It's a, it's a particular style of makeup. Oh, right. It takes about two hours to apply, apparently. Okay. I did think look like a cartoon. Oh, that one. I did yeah. think Love it's and Monsters. It's what Mon- they all look like on Love Island. <laughs> I don't watch that. I did think Love and Monsters as soon as I came on there. Sam, are you trying to talk? Yeah, I was. <laughs> make a sensible point. <laughs> talking about Love Island. Talking about Love Island. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Instagram face. But it was, a weird, it was a weird moment. It was slightly disjointed from the rest of... So the rest of the episode is just a very straightforwardly told story. Mm. But it's got this kind of flashback. It's bookends. Bookends. Mm. Yeah, but they are bookends, and that's yeah. why it works, and that's how it works. Yeah, it, it was it's almost more conceptual than it was the one. Yeah, because Chibnall that's very is not. Thing. Yeah, and even mm. Russell T Davis did that yeah. kind of thing from time to time. And by doing that at the start, this this is what I was going to say a moment ago. There is a tendency when the new guy comes along to say, "I'm going to do things." my way and to deliberately put things in as signals and I suspect that whether consciously or not that's a little bit of a signal because if you had things like YouTube or whatever with Stephen Moffat you'd get them in a very conceptual way that would be interwoven into the story whereas here's Chris Chibnall using a Stephen Moffat-y style device but using it in a very straightforward way that is part of the grammar of storytelling. Yeah. Ever since people wrote novels that said, God, I'm old and grey now, but 50 years ago I had a hell of an adventure, yeah. and here it is. The interesting thing about this is that you know YouTube is, uh, and all of the internet is promoting vanity beyond, um, beyond measure at the moment. And what he was saying wasn't... It wasn't, podcast? it wasn't a vain <laughs> thing, was it? That it was. He, when he was talking about he was talking about... You know, the work, this woman changed my life, she's amazing. We're all thinking instantly, I mean, straight away it's not very vain, it's just him talking about somebody else, but instantly we're all thinking, oh, it's about the Doctor. Because Oops. Mark Warren does it, because Rose, is, it's all about Rose and the Doctor when she goes, this is the day I died, and all these other things. Uh, they talk about it at the beginning, they trick you, you go for the, the, the episode right at the end, it tells you exactly what's going on, but it's mostly all about the Doctor, or it's about Rose. And when you it's get the reprise at the end, you've forgotten that scene at the start, yeah. so and it's actually a surprise when it comes about back. His grand. Mm, yes, but we knew he was talking about his grand in the second scene, didn't we? Because he was saying she was the most amazing woman, and then it cut to his gram. Yeah, well, you knew so, it was going to so be. You don't necessarily know that. No, no. When you get it, no. When it comes back, it's instantly after she's died. Yeah. So you know yeah. it's his gram. Yeah, of course, it's a gram. And that's the trick, because by then you've had sixty minutes of television in between. You've forgotten mm-hmm. the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it comes back, it's mm-hmm. that Tozen Cole mm-hmm. as Ryan. I thought he was great. Yeah. Mm. Right, it was great, yeah, yeah. I think um, the great thing is that there feels that there's so much potential for his character and the other companions as well in terms of developing. I like the fact that he was using YouTube as a confessional, basically. I, I get the feeling that perhaps he doesn't have very many friends and so uh, mm. and he's lost, lost now his mum and his <clears throat> gran <throat> and so he's using the forum of YouTube for whoever out there is listening to 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 confess to. And I and I wonder if that's maybe a device we'll see more of. Well but possibly. I wouldn't have thought so Not because they're on their, their adventures now, but that's to show you that he needs a new family mm. and now he's got one. That's that character's 
development is presumably <coughs> going to be how he integrates yeah. with his new family. <coughs> Do you think there'll be a, um, a Hollywood moment here where he's trying to learn how to ride the bike? <laughs> But somewhere in the series, he has to ride a space bike. Over gets, the moon. And he gets over, <laughs> over the moon. Knocking a few quangers out of the way. And they walk in the basket. I mean, that's the sort of thing that Stephen Moffat would do. Lee's <laughs> just had a heart attack. Just looking over the edge of the basket. <laughs> Bradley phone home. Yeah. <laughs> Grains in the basket. <laughs> Mandy Gill. Yeah, back in the in the box now. He's not here. He's he's gone. Back in the box. I just wonder if you put him in back in the box. Chipmunk in the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Chigley where it was. Was it Chigley or was it Campbell? Oh, it was Campbell it's, Green where they no, went back in the box. Christmas cooker. <laughs> God, let's see how well it goes. This this series. Well, he said it in my own town and debuted it on my 50th birthday, so oh. I think he's somewhere hovering around this podcast. <laughs> <coughs> he must be a listener, surely. Of this thing? Yeah. All right. It was really good. Apart from I am just kidding. Oh. Um, it was all right. Yes. <laughs> Mavic Gill, yes. Yeah. so excellent. I it think is. this is the most consistent cast we've had. Wow, they're all good actors. They, they were all there strong. wasn't a bad performance in this. I thought Even actually, Tim Gambrell as um, Carl. <laughs> I didn't think the wife was very good. The grandmother. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, well, I, thought I think they could watch Yeah. No, I thought, that, I was going to say, one of my favourite moments was her and Graham sat on the train. Where he was, you know, very straight. And he didn't want to, he was doing a typical... Yeah. Uncomfortable in his own body thing, and she was there she's prodding him. And so she's, she's, she was kind of the Amy Clara of the episode. She was the one that was actually like constantly going towards the danger, yeah. like going towards the action. <clears throat> yeah. And they've killed her at the end of the episode. As, so, as punishment. So, well, kind of, because the, the other characters are all slightly underplayed, they've all got room for development. Unlike yeah. Amy and Clara, who sort of popped up, certainly Amy popped up. Fully formed, wisecracking, mm. dressed as a, a stripper gun, stripper policeman. Yeah. So that's that's a new thing. So we're, but, we're but getting the, characters. But the, the subtext with her was that she, she wasn't a happy bunny. No, no. So she did grow. She did change. Yeah, yeah. But she started off at eleven and then went up to. These are starting off. Much lower because they have to and they're slowly building up layers. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Nan was fully formed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was a bit more, a bit more kind of. I thought her physical performance was good. I thought her delivery of some of the lines. Oh, yeah, they're a bit croaky, weren't they? But yeah, yeah, the timing was good. But you've got to remember her role within this is as as a catalyst. Yes, she is the catalyst for whatever Graham decides to do. Her death is really the thing that bonds the Doctor. And uh, the others. Mm. Yeah, her death together. is the call to action for, yeah. for Graham. And you can imagine mm. that if she hadn't died, then the doctor would have gone off mm. and maybe never seen these people again. It's mm. it, it really is the thing. Well, that was what the doctor was planning to do. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know what? I, I, I just I just feel that that her death really would was that glue, and even though the doctor was about to go off, I don't think she would have. I don't know if it was. Well, I think she would. She was going. Mm, yeah, that was, that, yeah, that's that was the plan, but I don't, I don't know if it was, think so. If it's the way it was timed in the episode, or whether it was supposed to be like that, but she killed the monster after she needed to. 
Because they'd already done what they needed to up there. But I like that. Do you know what? I really like that. It was, because it became, became, became kind of senseless in some respects. Well, it doesn't matter. Was a, I think what's really good about it is quite realistic. Because if you're down and you're in the moment, you don't but wasn't she, you don't know they what's going on. They could see what was going on. But she, was cross, she was cross with Tim Gambrel, Gambrel at one point because yeah. Tim Gambrel pushed, pushed the monster. Did Tim Gambrel... Push the monster off the crate. You do realise that 99.9% of our listeners will not know who Tim Gambrel is. Look him up on YouTube. He's on Facebook. Twice? Well, yeah, but people aren't going to remember that. No, no. It's someone we know who very much looked like Carl. Carl. It confused me even more because the doctor was calling the alien Tim, wasn't she? I know. Oh, yeah. It's true. Two Tims. But he got in trouble because he pushed the alien off. The crane. Yeah, we were, Despite the fact that she just yeah, but he was dying anyway. Yes, yeah, I, I did think that was a little bit odd. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think the point there was. He was I've, brave and big and brave. He wanted to make a point. Yeah. Tim Gamble. I think the point there was that the doctor had dispensed justice and it wasn't that guy's place mm. to do it. Mm. And mm. what he did was out of spite. And she, But that moment was over and done so quick anyway. Yeah. Almost. Like it wasn't there. Mm. I tell you what, though, there were some really nice choices, whether they're in the script or in the direction or whether the actors are bringing them. The bit where the doctor's saying goodbye when she switches the machine on, and you then get a shot of the three characters, and Bradley's just standing there looking at her as if to say, Yeah, what's going on here? And then the <laughs> other two, Ryan on one side and um, they do a Yaz on the other, they? just kind of slightly raise their hand as yeah. if to say, am I supposed to be saying goodbye? Yeah. This person's not actually going to disappear in front of my eyes. <coughs> is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not really good. Because happen, we've got used to, go- this is why it never felt like the Doctor was going to go off, because we've got used to big emotional hug goodbyes. From in Russell T. Davis. In, in Doctor and, and Stephen Moffat's well, yeah, to a degree yeah. as well. So there was none of that. It was kind of like a half wave and um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost going to miss you. Mm-hmm. And, um, which you, she says. Yeah, which, again, you know, people don't necessarily say what they feel. I know she um, was going. It's just that they they are not characters who are used to sci-fi uh, things. No. So they did not know what was happening. No. Especially with the microwave about a ping off. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> is this, yeah, oh, that was all very John Pertwee, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is this much. microwave really going to send this person into outer space? No, I don't think so. Oh, bloody hell. I've gone too. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I hope there's a, an episode where they go to the planet of the Autons. Or well, Yaz gets to meet them because then we can say it can be called Yaz and the Plastic Population. Uh, oh, God. Can we score yeah. How long have you been waiting for that? Just three months? No, I just thought <laughs> So what about Yas? We didn't talk about Yas, didn't we? Oh, excellent. Yeah. Those are the two uh, Hollyoaks ones. All oh, right, yeah. Andy's waving at Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check it. Okay, we're on an hour. So we've gone over the hour. Our promise is broken again. Yeah. I'd... Sorry, listeners. <laughs> well, yeah, but we may have gone to an hour on the recording, yeah. but there was there like was ten minutes of several rubbish. minutes of... Guff at the start <laughs> won't be on the episode. There's more than seven gonna, minutes. You can do what you always do, just cut me out completely. <laughs> How would you know? You never listen. <laughs> Speaking of which, now there's Andy because he's been sitting there patiently explaining all these things that I've been talking about on the podcast for oh. years. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it was a lovely moment when I was watching it with my uh, 
eight, nearly nine-year-old daughter where, um, I can't remember, I think it was the part just after she'd made the sonic screwdriver and there was a close-up of Jodie's face and my daughter just went, she is so pretty. Oh. Lovely. Did anybody yeah, see the, that with Capaldi? <laughs> did anybody see the video that Bradley Walsh put out this afternoon? No. Yes. Oh, it was immense. I didn't even know what it was. I just it just came up on my Facebook and started to play, and so I just sort of had it on the screen in front of me while I was sort of reading something above it. And it's just Bradley Walsh sitting in the car, and somebody's got a camera pointed at him, and I had it on silent, and I could tell he was singing rather than talking because of the different rhythms of. You know, the mouth movements and stuff. I thought, well, that's weird. Why has he posted a. And then all of a sudden, and I turn the sound on because I'm thinking, well, what's he singing? And just as I turn the sound on, he says, turn it up, Joe, or something, to whoever's in the front with the camera. Suddenly the stereo goes up, and then the other three appear from where they've been hidden behind the seats and burst into <coughs> this huge chorus of, um, what was it? I've no idea. Oh, it was one of these sort of classic karaoke types. I mean, it was cheesy as all hell, but it was just the way the other three suddenly appeared. And they were all totally having an absolute ball singing it. It was great. <clears throat> yeah. Should we talk about Bradley Walsh then? Mm. Go on then. Okay. Yeah. Well, we just did a bit, but... Pleasantly surprised. Um... <clears throat> I wasn't surprised. I, I knew he I know was... Still... I had a good feeling that he was going to be... Well, I've seen him in Law and Order. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So, but I, I, I thought it was a step up from that performance. There's yeah. always a worry that Bradley will either take it too seriously or play, or it, too or play it too much. But actually, I was watching him on his game shows that he does, mm. and I, I, can't, I liked him on the game shows. I was thinking, hang on, this is unusual. I'm actually liking the game show host. He's, he's great. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. only thing I've actually so seen. So I thought, well, okay. He's, he's I think he's got the perfect, the perfect, he's the perfect person to have in your programme because he's obviously really good fun to mm. be around if you're yeah. an actor mm-hmm. and he's also got the ability to tone it down completely yeah. as a, like, he's, he's and on the chase good actor. if you watch what he does on the chase unlike certain other hosts and Alexander Armstrong is one of them where it's always on script mm. and it's always the same lines and the same you introduction you silence on pointless don't you yeah <laughs> it's dreadful at times I love it but it's dreadful at times Bradley Walsh is never on no. script the entire thing he's making up as he goes along. He says all the things he absolutely needs to say, but it's almost as if he's never seen a script in his life, mm. and he's just doing. <clears throat> he's just doing and it, and he's properly funny moments. And every, yeah. when Alexander Armstrong talks to the people on Pointless, it's like, oh, this is the point where I need to ask you a question. So can you sort of give me an answer to the question? But Bradley just sits there and talks to people, mm. and that's what it. And uh, which is by way of saying on here. You get the same thing in his acting. Yeah, no, no he mention. just feels like he's a person. He doesn't yeah. feel like he's... No mention no. of Fanny Schmeller. No what? Fanny Schmeller. Have you not seen the clip? It's a very... It's a funny outtake. It's a very funny outtake. Fanny Schmeller. Fanny Schmeller. Yeah. She's an outtake of what? Olympic skier. Yeah. Oh, God, that one. <laughs> oh, from the chase. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, That's a good clip. So we're talking something Doctor Who. Basically, the question set is on the chase. are constantly trying to... Trip get, him out. Yeah, yeah. trip him up. And so... so yeah. yeah. When they give the um, <laughs> he loses it, when they give the multiple choice thing, at least once a week, if not once an episode, they will give something outrageously rude as the third choice. But he doesn't get to see it before, so he'll get A, fairly serious. B, probably the proper answer. C, what the, and <laughs> and you get his moment of what the, 
live on the telly because they're filming it and he's not seen the answers <laughs> till they come up. And yeah, that was an example of this, wasn't it? Mm. And there are times when he said some of the rudest things and he just has to do it. But he doesn't even pretend. He no. just he just sort of turns around to the gallery and says, seriously, you wrote that? <laughs> that's what, yeah, you're right, Matt. That's what he brings to this. There's a very natural... You can tell there's something bubbling underneath as well yeah. with the cast, so they're, they're all very good friends. Straight from the offset, it seems. Mm. Was this film <coughs> linear? Is this the first one they filmed? Or? Uh, yeah, it was. I do think it was, because the, I've avoided spoilers, but when they started... What? Well, there hasn't been, been that many say? years. Well, there have not been any spoilers anyway. <laughs> oh, Lee, I don't look for spoilers. The last they few years, I don't look for spoilers. <laughs> but, I mean, doing the podcast, you have to know a certain amount. Yeah. I like to know the writers and the names of the episodes or whatever, but nothing really more. Anyway, the point was... Well, like, Lee, did you know the master was coming back? The week... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God. That wasn't me. That was on that the was bloody you. episode. <laughs> That was in the clip. You mean when they had a trailer with, with the, the master, master in it? Yeah. And you decided that was a spoiler. That was a spoiler. I didn't watch that one. I watched okay. It afterwards. Okay. Yeah. But if the BBC released something, it's, yeah. not, it's not going to be a spoiler. Because oh, if you miss so if you miss an episode, <laughs> oh, never mind. Anyway, I was at the cinema to say, "God, the spoilers on those those out, you know, on those trailers." The week, the week they started recording series eleven, you almost couldn't avoid no. one or two photographs that got out of people going, and the photographs that came out of people going to the sets to try and keep up with what was going on was Jodie Whittaker in Peter Capaldi's costume in Sheffield. Mm. So that's where they started, with the stuff with the um, on the set where the cranes were, on the location where the cranes were. Mm-hmm. I think it's about the first thing they did. As insofar as I, that's a good place to film something like that, isn't it, Doctor Who? Because you're not going to get people anywhere near that site. Building site of cranes. Yeah, that's Sheffield. <laughs> oh, I love that line about Sheffield still in the sort of screwdriver. That was good. Yeah. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a crazy moment, wasn't it? Her banging up her. Oh, it was news. awesome. I did. The first time I watched it, 80. I. When it was the 80s. It was like the 80s. Like a sweet rapper making uh, a tank. Uh, but she used the alien technology with it, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. She took something she out took of the She took something out of the okay. thing, yeah. 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 That's believable then. Yeah. It's fine. But, but, <laughs> with all the doctors and all the sonic screwdrivers over the last 10, 15 years, they scan something, then look at it. There, there is nothing to look at no. on any of them. <laughs> I've got it's... them all. There isn't a screen. Uh, there is a nice dialogue to explain that. Is there? In an episode that you will have seen. Okay, go on then. It's psychic. Oh, bloody hell. Well, they don't need to look at it then. No, they yes. don't need to look at it. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. But, if you are... But say you are... It's an acting thing. But it's not just an acting thing, but it is a... <laughs> It's a psychological thing as well. If you're getting a piece of information yeah. in your ears from a device, <clears throat> you'll still look at the device. Mm. So, I know. so it's just a mm. it's a human thing. Yeah, anyway, it's now a Swiss Army knife, but not a knife. Swiss Army sonic. <laughs> yeah, well, I like actually that they put that in because the people who moan about the fact that the sonic screwdriver can do all these different things, these people are moaning about the fact that the sonic screwdriver can do all these different things on their phone, yes. which takes pictures <coughs> which is and connects one. them to the internet 
and gives them the weather report yeah. and tells them that their uh, baby needs its nappy. And ironically, it. those self-same people don't actually make calls because they've got your friends. Grief. Someone went just that step too far, didn't they? <laughs> Where's the point? It's a sonic <laughs> screwdriver. Which is alienated ninety percent of Dungeons But the point is, if the sonic screwdriver is alien technology from the super advanced civilization, isn't it why on earth it is going to be just a screwdriver? Is it? <clears throat> no. So sonic Swiss Army knife, brilliant description. Can it do yeah. wood now? Can, we, can it do wood? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends on who she uses it on. Oh, let's not get into the area <laughs> of can it do wood. <laughs> okay, then. Jenny Whittaker. Thumbs up. Yes. Definitely. Yes. She's amazing. Good start. Yeah. Did you hear the swish of my thumb going up? Not really. <laughs> I do. No, did she you feel it? Sorry? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, we'll be all in agreement then that she was pretty... I think she's a little bit too much David Tennant. But, yeah. forgivably so, and she doesn't do the we want to see some... Connery thing when she says the S's. She's, she's got just... clear diction, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what a lot of people worried about, that they wouldn't be able to work oh, out what she was talking about. And she's a lot clearer she than the others. Shout. She shouts really well. <clears throat> Oi! Yes, but a bit less of it. I'd like to see a bit less of it. Yeah, but at least she can. I, I had to use subtitles quite a bit with Capaldi, I have to say. Mm. And even and, the and subtitles were all in Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't about accent, it was about, it was about clarity of yeah. recorded voice mm. a lot of the time. Probably not the spell, might be just the boom. And I think, I think they've just gone to a lot of trouble to get Sorry, very, yeah. very clear sound on this. And it helps when you, you, you've got reams of dialogue and exposition and stuff to, to get over. It needs to be clear because you're rattling that stuff off. Mm, and it's important stuff. Yeah. So in order to keep up, you, the, mm. the diction does need to be clear. And she was very clear. Happy, she, happy that she's got a Yorkshire accent now? JR? <laughs> You should say Jagar. West Country Doctor. I can't, you're not the only person who said that. And to be honest, you make a joke, oh, it's in my hometown or whatever. No, no, I wasn't making a joke. I was being serious. Are you happy that there's an accent that's from your hometown? Do you feel quite proud? Makes no odds to me whatsoever. Whatsoever. Your face is otherwise. It doesn't. What does it matter to me where the doctor comes from? No, the actor who plays the doctor comes from. It's interesting. We've we've come come a long way from. (coughs) Also, it's forty odd years since I left there. If I was going to nitpick like you do sometimes, Lee, I'm going to tell you some of the accents were a bit dodgy. No, I was going to say was the toes and cold. Not a Sheffield accent. Tardis wasn't there. They could understand everything the aliens were saying. The Tardis wasn't there. Well, the alien, it was only one alien, wasn't it? Yeah. And it had come to Earth, so presumably it was speaking English anyway. Okay, that's fine. Because it did come and start talking to its victim. So it wouldn't have done that that's if it true. didn't think the victim yeah. would have been able to understand it. The guy in the garage. You don't, talk to the <laughs> fox. you don't talk to the fox when you hunt it, do you? I tell you something But if you do, you learn fox. <laughs> do you know what does the fox say? The fox says, have you ever heard foxes barking? Yes, they sound like people being mutilated. And squirrels barking as well. No, that's just made up in your head. <laughs> you must have heard squirrels barking. You can eat it. How do you make the squirrel bark? <laughs> Throw it out of the tree. <laughs> that doesn't make a squirrel bark. 
I just put it next to the bar. <laughs> That's my serious point about the tragedy of that, that granddad who... Oh, for Christ's sake, we've been going for an hour then. Well, <laughs> it's, it's tragic that he had his own teeth. Because if he had false teeth... He'd have got away with it. Yeah, no, it would be a really good deleted... Really funny! A really yeah. good deleted scene, yeah, where the alien picks up a denture. Yeah. Oh, you see, oh. you should be mine for the Chris, get him on the... Denture thing. was on the phone. Or if he'd have had this face made of all these teeth and then just a denture over his like a pair of muscles. <laughs> As soon as he comes from a planet, it's so cold, it's good that his teeth don't chatter, isn't it, really? This week's episode of Doctor Who was sponsored by Polygrip. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bit absorbable off that, actually. Well, not really, no, but a bit. But kind of, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the YouTube bit was quite Love and Monsters, wasn't it? Um, the humour? Not yeah. enough? It wasn't no. very funny. <laughs> But, it wasn't played for us. It was really funny. It was, it was, it was humor. Yeah. Everyone was laughing in the room yeah. <laughs> for about five minutes at the yeah. start, and then occasionally through there the rest of, of it. There were bits of like amusing in it, but it wasn't that sort of no. bombshell wit. Oh, I don't know. I was I was chuckling out loud. Yeah. Is that a thing? Just chuckling out loud. C O L. Don't know. But um, <laughs> I thought it was amusing. <clears throat> there wasn't enough of it. A lot of it comes. From, a, a lot of it came from the performances for me, mm. rather than the script. Right. I don't think he's he's a natural comic writer. <laughs> but I don't think he's writing. Few jokes, isn't it? I don't think he's writing for laughs either, and I think that's I mean, that's fine. I think I think Jodie injected a lot of humour in the way that she delivered mm. and played out. Yeah, I think there were a lot of scripted things. funny lines, but I think it's the way the actors deliver them mm. that makes them work. Mm. And I think it worked. I like a little catchphrase. That's so annoying. She said it twice. And does that face thing with her lips. But that is a Yorkshire <laughs> Is it? Yes. Oh, right. I'm glad you were on the podcast. We wouldn't have a clue. Otherwise, would we? No, you can't. Is there anything else that she does? I know you got quite a bit of the Yorkshire stuff, right? Oh. But, but... Uh... JL's our TARDIS. He translates for us. Babelfish. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I it wasn't like, <laughs> but it wasn't done excessively or to caricature. It was yeah. just some of the rhythms of the speech right. felt right to me. It's just there were a couple of the actors who were delivering not quite the right accent. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Tozin Cole, I think, is he a Londoner, Southerner? I think in real life, because he seemed to be struggling with it okay. at the start. <laughs> he seemed to get into it a bit later, maybe. Or maybe I just got used to his delivery of it. But it didn't feel natural at the mm. start with him. <clears throat> Whereas Mandic Gill's mm. from, like, Nottinghamshire or Derbyshire or somewhere, okay. and the accent's very close. <clears throat> we could have a police person on board the police. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming, then, we get the TARDIS back at the end of next week, because... They're going to the planet where the TARDIS is, right? Supposedly. Mm. <coughs> Although they seem to have missed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is where the infinite improbability drive to happen. Well, you know what's part. happened, don't you? Hitch a lift. Well, it's an easy resolve at the start next week. She turns the sonic screwdriver on when she just builds it. It stops. She jiggles it and says, oh, I'm sure it's fine. Well, she used the sonic screwdriver <laughs> to do the teleport. Yeah. It stopped. Start of next week's episode, she'll jiggle it and say, oh, God damn it, it's done it again, and they'll carry on the rest of the journey. Or, that's my guess. Dodgy, dodgy microwave, that's what it was. 
So, yeah, no, plonk. I was going to say, does she mouth a swear word <laughs> before she hits it? <coughs> Space. <laughs> Why is that what you're expecting? <laughs> Why should we score this bugger? Yeah, come on. Alright, let's go around in the reverse order of where we started. Out of ten. It's quite hard. Andy. Eight. Matt. Seven. Lee. Uh, I think it'll improve, so I'm going to give it an eight now. Okay, Simon. So seven and a half to eight, so probably an eight. Okay, and I was going to go seven as well. So what's that? Three eights and a seven, two sevens. That's we're all more or less in the same place then, really, aren't we? I think mean, it's a good start. Yeah, it's because, a good because I want to see what they do with it next week. I don't yeah. think it's a classic start in the way that sometimes <clears throat> we've had, say, with something like Spearhead from Space, maybe. Mm. It but, hasn't hit the ground running. No. That was the same hit the ground slowly walking and giving room to actually build. It's more of a deep breath than an 11th hour. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <coughs> I was going to say, story-wise, it's not oozing with ideas is it it's not but it's no. not a Castro album <laughs> but the, 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 the thing <laughs> is with, with you know first episodes with a new Doctor it, it's always difficult because you've got so much exposition new characters new yeah. Doctor well that was the <coughs> funny thing he actually she didn't explain if there's one thing I think that felt odd about it is that she hit the ground running whereas everything else was playing catch up mm. right. in a way that we don't usually see because usually mm. It's, maybe it goes back a little bit to what I say about all the themes must coincide with each other mm. but the way she hit the ground running but everything else was slow and developing by increments mm. felt like she was an odd fish out in the story mm. so it didn't quite <coughs> seem to gel in my head maybe, maybe. but in a way but in a way, everyone's going to be playing catch up, and that's what everyone was doing because you know suddenly they're they're presented with this. Alien yes, but I don't mean no. I don't. Alien. I'm not talking about the characters. Right. I'm talking about the way the story worked. Mm. So in the eleventh hour, everybody and everything hits the ground running, <clears throat> and in um, deep breath, everything is mm. moving slowly by increments. Yeah. So deep breath is all slow. 11th hour is all fast. This was she's fast and everything else is slow. So it always felt like in every scene that she was playing in a different production. Yeah, and uh, I see where you're coming from. It was less of an issue for me. I mean, for me, yeah, the benchmark for first new Doctor episodes is is still the 11th hour. It seems to get Mm. pacing and character and quite a lot of exposition just right. And... um, you know, that's a really difficult thing to pull off. She I think this is I think this is about on a level with the Christmas invasion, and I don't mean it shares anything with the Christmas invasion, mm. but I think the way it works is mm. on a level with Christmas invasion. And I think if you're the kind of person who really likes the Christmas invasion, despite the fact that this is completely different, you probably I think if you like this for many of the same really, reasons. If you really dislike Moffat, I think you this will be very it. reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's and if you really Moffat. like Moffat, then this isn't going to be hugely disappointing. It's just going to be different. Know, okay, well that's, we'll see what happens next. Yeah, and exactly. so probably it's the perfect, it's the perfect reintroduction of, of Doctor Who. Oh, it's definitely a great reintroduction to a new era mm. of, you know, it's echoing everything we've all, all said about what's on TV and what's on film at the moment. It, it feels like it completely fits in. Mm. Should it though? Is another question. What it didn't seem to have was that 
particular characteristic. But I think maybe that particular characteristic of the writer of the production, maybe when we're a few more episodes in, we'll start to understand maybe what that characteristic is and maybe we'll see more of it in this episode. But as it is, you couldn't point to this episode and say, ah, that's what this writer, this production are doing. Russell T. Davis, up front and centre, big, cartoony, brash, big emotions, big humour, big characters. Stephen Moffat, timey-wimey, nothing's quite what you think it is. There are all these things. The surprises are being sprung in places you wouldn't have expected to find surprises. This, you look at it and you say, oh, what is this about? What is this going to be? And it's impossible to put your finger on it. Yeah, personality writer. Yeah, and it's the same with the characters. They're not developed. They're underplayed. They're going to happen. But it's just enough to get me thinking. Okay, what's going to happen next week? It looked like without my Doctor Who fan hat on, I'm still thinking. Okay, I'll I'll come back next week to find out. But the eleventh hour, a lot of people thought, oh, this is as good as Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who will get, and it won't be this good next week. Whereas with this episode, I'm actually thinking, oh, it'll probably be better than this next week. Mm. So this is like Matt says, this is starting pitched down mm. so that the rest of the series has a place to go. <coughs> That's right, mm. cranked up. She did fall a long way and she fell through a train. I am she's, glad they didn't make tough. anything of that. <coughs> and she fell through a train and she didn't Which regenerate. We saw... She didn't regenerate back into a man. She landed in the right train as well, didn't <laughs> bouncy after We saw <laughs> David Tennant yeah. fall yes. out of a spaceship <coughs> through, through a, the skylight yeah. of a building and in the end of time and that was not what caused his regeneration. Mm. No, but he was pretty cut up about it, emotionally. <laughs> well, she was pretty cut up too. Yeah. No, I'm glad they didn't make anything out of that because what's the point? So what have we learned? Because it just wasted the five minutes where they're saying, oh, that really hurt. Oh, take me to the hospital. Oh, I need even more time to mend. <clears throat> just get on with it. Time Lords can bounce, clearly. Yeah, well, she's still in a regenerative state. Well, exactly. Sort it out. Right, next week we'll be back to talk about... Is it called The Ghost Moment? I've oh, no idea. I didn't know that until that point. The Ghost... Oh, oh sorry. sorry. It's called Ghost, isn't it? <laughs> I thought it was called... That's the... not... <laughs> sorry. That's <laughs> too late. I think I... Sorry. I think I misread it as The Ghost Monument, and now that I've heard it's called The Ghost Moment, I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> I thought The Ghost Monument was a better time. Or maybe it is called The Ghost Monument, and the people who said it was called The Ghost Moment misread it. Oh, by the way, I love, love the title of this one. I thought it was great. The woman who yeah, fell to... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just nice and simple, isn't it? And yeah. Ghost Moment sounds good as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the Ghost Monument sounds even better. Let's well, <laughs> well, the next series. No, but I like that, because actually, if it's called the Ghost Moment... Because they're going to a planet, that's all we know, mm-hmm. where the TARDIS is supposed to be, and we don't really know anything more than that. And even if you've read the preview, the, the little blurb they put out for the radio times and stuff doesn't say an awful lot if you want to close your ears I'll say what it does say okay essentially they land on a planet where lots of people seem to be crashing and so there are lots of different parties who aren't to do with each other so presumably the TARDIS has crashed there because it's been dragged there like in Death of the Daleks or something or the Mm. Brain of Morbius but beyond that but the ghost moment or even the ghost monument doesn't really say what that might be. Mm. So it's quite nice that 
these guys have got their fingers in their ears, <laughs> but they might at least keep quiet about it. <laughs> but what I mean is, that title doesn't really give you... Okay, you can take your fingers out. No, nothing. Is that, actually, I don't know. just putting your fingers in your ears, it works. I don't know anything what? that's going to happen no. in actually, any of the episodes that are coming up, no. even <laughs> with descriptions or episode type, or actors. そう、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、